0: Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Experience Better Lifestylist podcast with me, your host, Paige Brown. We are on episode 26, and this one's going to be a little bit different, so I want to preface you a little bit. I, tonight, am actually a guest speaker for the company I'm with as a lifestylist, Indulge in Life. So if you ever see my hashtag, sportybypage, Or any of the active wear that I'm wearing most likely 99% of it came from them I absolutely love their mission which is why I'm partnered with them it's all about giving back to women and children in need and I'm so honored that they asked me to speak tonight on this zoom and I'm gonna be sharing the deepest most vulnerable parts of me parts of me that I haven't even quite worked through yet But I think that it's time to put some events in my life in sequence and share it more with my audience, share with you you guys. You guys know I bring you what's on my heart and this is the rawest part of my heart. So, without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy it. Hi, I'm, I was honored to even be asked to speak and I want to thank y'all for even giving me this opportunity to speak and um, let's just kind of jump into it. So if you don't know, part of my story is that I was adopted 27 years ago. And I loved that Karen and Carrie shared their hearts and their whole entire beautiful story about adoption because it really got me thinking more uh, into my own. So in 1993, I was... Um, adopted by my mom. She was a single mom. Um, Amazing. She was just great. She was great. And I was born to, I was born in the South, Mobile, Alabama, to a pastor's daughter and then an African-American man. So um, I was moved to Wisconsin. I lived in Wisconsin my whole entire life. In 1997, my mom adopted my sister as well. So it was the three of us. We were a trio. Something that I loved that Carrie shared was how she always felt special because she was adopted. And I wished that I had felt the same. Um, it made me feel very different. It made me feel very out of place because I was brought into a family that is all white and i just i looked different and they never said nobody ever said anything bad or everything anything nothing was ever said about my race or me being different or anything like that it was just a complex that i took on myself um when i looked in the mirror like my hair was different and and my skin was always darker and i just didn't have to take the same type of precautions per se with the sun and It just was little things like that throughout my life that just kind of made me feel not as so much special as much as like being a black sheep like the odd one out. Even my sister being adopted, as she is mixed like I am, she can easily pass for not being mixed at all. So I always still kind of felt on my own. And my mom was a guidance counselor in a pretty affluent area. So, I wasn't around other races either. So, it kind of was just, there. Was, I think there was one other African-American in my grade school. And everybody else was white and that was, it was okay, but I just, it gave me, I just always knew I was just different. And I fought with it for a while, but I assimilated. There wasn't, I just did life, I guess you could say and my mom's health declined and when her health declined she had to resign from being a guidance counselor and we moved well we always lived in appleton but we commuted to the district that my mom taught in now we were in our neighborhood in our neighborhood it is very diverse i never hung out with anybody in my neighborhood um so i i didn't see uh very much like other races or anything like that until i went to eighth grade And there was all kinds of races and I loved it. I was just like, oh my gosh, like, I feel like this is like, there are people who look like me. Um, It it was just a really cool feeling. But at the age of 15, I would say I had this really big identity crisis. I didn't know where I fit in anymore. Um, I knew what I liked to do, which was sports and be active, but... I didn't look like the people who were doing sports and being active. And I wanted to gravitate towards people who had curlier hair and darker skin and and um, just a different dynamic. My, my mom being a single mom, like most parents I knew, they were married. Um, and it, it, just, it was just a different complex for me. But when I started hanging out with people that looked like more like me at the time, I didn't understand um, poverty. I didn't understand... Um, the difference in classes at that time. I just liked that they looked like me. But they all sell. and this is not to say that race makes you act or do certain things, but the people that I gravitated for did not make the best decisions. So because of that, I started making poor decisions. I stopped going to school. This was high school. I stopped going to school. I was drinking. Um, I was doing drugs. It just wasn't a good it wasn't a good place for me, but I just wanted to be liked, loved, and accepted. That had been my thing my whole entire life. So I felt like if I wasn't being liked, loved, and accepted and showing that I had something to offer people of value, people would discard me. It's always how I felt. I, I know where it comes from. I know it comes from being adopted from the beginning, uh, that I have this fear that everyone's going to reject me. Um... So I get in where I fit in. and because I got in with the wrong crowd, I made protestations. It all came to a head on July 4th before my sophomore year. My grandparents were out of town and I took of my friends. We went to their house. Uh, I wasn't supposed to be there, and we all hung out there, things got destroyed, things were things were stolen. And I actually ended up in the juvenile detention cent- center here in town. And it was kind of one of those things where I was mad at everybody around me. Um, but really it was just an internal conflict with myself. I was 15, I didn't, I didn't really understand myself at that time. Uh, but my family, as amazing as they are, uh, they didn't give up on me. They didn't stop. Uh, they didn't stop loving me. I actually spent my 16th birthday in jail. My mom came and she brought me Burger King and tried to still make it special. And because of her, um, I truly do know what unconditional love is. Um, there was never conditions on my life based on the choices I made, who I was, my genetics, any of that. She always showed me all the love and she was always there even when I didn't want her to be there. Even when I pushed her away and made terrible decisions, choices, she was always there. And... We decided that it was best if I went to live with my aunt and uncle in a brand new school district and get back to what I loved, which I was a competitive gymnast, so they had a high school gymnastics team. I was put in the foster care system to be able to, to live with them. And I kind of, I got my life back on track, but I still struggled (laughs) with who I was, uh, where I fit in, how I felt about myself. And high school from there was overall pretty, pretty good. I competed in gymnastics, did other sports, and I got accepted to college. Uh, I went to college at UW-Milwaukee. And I mean, I was doing all the right things, but I didn't feel right in my heart still. Um, because things would happen where I could tell that I was really unhappy. Um, in college, I know it's it's common, like people drink, there are parties and stuff like that. But for me, um, I was drinking and spending money that I didn't have to buy booze for other people because I have this thing where I said, I told you guys, I want to be liked, loved, and accepted. And I felt like if I wasn't useful, nobody would want to be my friend. So I was racking up credit card debt and I was getting other people to buy, you know, our alcohol and I was handing it out like I had all of these things that I didn't have, digging myself this big hole of, of debt to just make sure that I could keep up, I felt. Um, and I people pleased. And I people pleased to a point where I started hurting really good relationships in my life. Um, I'm now married to my husband but at the time he was my on and off boyfriend and I would leave him at like two or three o'clock in, in the morning to go pick up people and go to sketchy areas and neighborhoods to be able to just say that I was a part of, of, the, of the story the next day or so I wasn't letting people down or so that people wouldn't talk bad about me or like I could just not say no. And that was, that was, always, that was always my life. I should say in September, I found out I was pregnant with my daughter and I was not in a good place. Uh, I was partying all the time. Still, I was going to enough classes at school. I mean, I passed, I got really good, like pretty good grades. Um, but I just, I, I smoked at the time too. It was just a really rough time for me when I found out I was pregnant with her. And then three months after, uh, November my, or my adoptive mom, um, she passed away. And (laughs) I told myself I didn't want to cry about it because (laughs) I just love her. I love her so much but she passed away and I truly believe that if I had not been pregnant with my daughter I would have, I would have completely lost myself. Um, I would have continued to drink, binge drink a lot because I just didn't have the coping skills I needed to handle loss. Um, and I knew when I was pregnant with her I needed to get it together somehow. I had to get my life on track, I needed to make my mom proud of me. Um, and my husband now, (laughs) at the time, on and off boyfriend, had a very hard discussion about if we should be together or if we should co-parent because we didn't want to do, bring Ava into anything toxic. And we, I'm very happy. We, we've got it together. (laughs) Uh, We did get married and I moved out to California. He is in the, uh, he serves in the U.S. Marine Corps. So right now we're separated. He will be home in 170 days (laughs) and I'm really excited about it. But he, um, him and I just really started to work on ourselves. After I had Ava in May of 2017, June of 2017, I realized how even though I felt like I should have all this happiness, I was a new, I was newly married, I was newly a mom, I was in a new state, like I felt like life should be exciting. I was in a really dark place. Come to find out I was suffering from mild postpartum depression and I just, it was a lot. I told my sister that I felt like I woke up one day and realized I lived in California. Like I don't, it was almost a blur how fast everything happened after our mom passed away. And I think it was because I felt if I didn't keep going and I stopped for one second, I was going to fall apart. And I didn't want to fall apart. I couldn't afford to fall apart uh, when I had a little one counting on me. And and <laughs> so when we were in California, I knew I had to find out something I needed something for me. I needed to work on me and I needed to be okay with working on me Um, because I didn't want to raise her unintentionally giving her my pain with that fear of rejection and that fear of having to people please and making, not understanding your worth is not attached to anything but who you are as a person. I dove very deep into personal development and I started my first uh, at-home business And then in December of 2017, I found Indulge and I will, I literally was, I googled. I was like, I really like activewear. I wear it all the time. I hope there's a company that I can, I can join so that I can still, you know, provide for my daughter and stay home, but something that I align with. And they fell into my lap. I emailed and I was like, hi, like, what do I need to do? And you guys, you set me up and it became, it's just this beautiful sisterhood that I've been a part of for years. I can't imagine not being a part of. And truly from there, you guys, every single day for me is becoming 1% better. And I felt that tonight being able to share all of this out loud in the sequence of events was something that I needed to do um, in order to kind of get to the next part of me and accepting all of me. And loving all of me no matter what, no matter what anybody says, no matter what sometimes the lies in my head tell me um, and being able to work through that. So to have Carrie talk about how beautiful her adoption story was, it gives me faith too that I may, I may, I haven't made a full decision yet if this is something I want to do or not, uh, reach out to my birth uh, mother. I did tell Jasmine, I do have her social security number Apparently, in the 90s, they were a little loose with that stuff on some documents. So, it wouldn't be hard to find her. I just really, um, I feel like I'm getting to a place where I can handle it. And that no matter what, whatever she has to say or doesn't have to say, um, I would, I will be okay. So, I will continue to work and develop myself uh, to be able to be the best mom, the best wife, the best friend, the best sister to you guys that I can be. So thank you guys so much for listening to me and thank you for having me. So I hope you guys got a little bit more insight on me. That is the most candid way I've ever told that story. And to hear my life story kind of come out like that and to listen to it back, I'm just kind of like, wow. Wow, that, that's a lot. So I really appreciate you guys taking the time to hear that part of my life. Sending love and light always, me, the Experience Better Lifestylist.